Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You don't think that it's time that somebody cared enough to have a dream? Why are you getting so upset? This is not about you. Yes, it is. You are a human affront to all women, and I am a woman. At some point, you got to decide for yourself who you are. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. How do you go about getting an exorcism? Beg your pardon? Hi, this is Mark Kermode. Thanks for downloading this Kermode on Film podcast. I'm delighted to say that for the first time in uh, 2021, we're joined by the great Greg Proops. Uh, Regular listeners will know that Greg's been on the show a few times before. We had a couple of conversations around the, uh, the American election. Uh, the first one, uh, I was very, very nervous. The second one, I was uh, delightfully reassured. And uh, I should just say at the start of this, uh, probably by the time you're listening to this podcast, it will be uh, three or four days uh, old, uh, because Greg and I are speaking on Thursday, the day after the atrocity that uh, everybody saw on television that happened uh, in Washington, D.C. with the fascist mob descending on uh, on uh, Capitol. So uh, Greg and I are basically kind of catching up the day after, and, and we are both aware that history is moving so fast that by the time you listen to this podcast, a number of other things may have happened. So please listen to this in the knowledge that it's Thursday. Firstly, Greg... How the hell are you? I'm hanging tough like uh, American democracy. Uh, (laughs) I've got the rosy bloom of uh, newness on my cheeks, and yet uh, I've been ravaged and torn. Uh, You know, yesterday was a real dire day. It was uh, um, the culmination of what he's been angling for for four years, which was to have his little private army of white supremacist Nazis uh, be given. When you say he, when you say he, you mean? Orange 45. Uh, give them full reign um, uh, with the law looking the other way to uh, to disrupt the, the the legitimate counting of the votes, which is what was going on. Um, so it it was disgraceful at the at the very least. It was lethal. One of his followers was shot and died. Uh, a woman who'd come there for the express point of being seditious and leading an insurrection, and. So I don't know if there's irony in that. It was a, it's a, everything is a tragedy that happened yesterday. Um, so they're calling for his removal today, which I'm pretty excited about. Now, by the time you say, like, by the time this goes out, Jennifer and I put a podcast out on Tuesday where I suggested the Republicans were being seditious. And then one day later, the podcast sounded like it was from 1853. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something bad might happen the day after, you know, someone wrote yesterday on Twitter, don't you guys think you need to do an emergency podcast right now to back that one up? <laughs> so look, um, 
but so, so Greg, in terms of you know, my experience of yesterday was uh, the, yesterday Wednesday, the day that everything happened was. I was up at two thirty, three o'clock in the morning because I was absolutely glued to to CNN, which I can get on my laptop. Mm. Because the thing I was interested in was the was the Georgia runoffs. Yeah. I, you know, the idea that uh, control of the Senate could be wrested back was all important, and it became apparent about four thirty a.m. our time that actually that was a possibility. And I started texting people, you know, four thirty in the morning, saying. I think, astonishingly, this is going to happen. Yeah. So I began the day with a, a sense of extraordinary, you know, a spring in my step with Warnock and Ossoff, and it was it was just amazing. And then I was watching uh, live the, um, uh, you know, the the official uh, Congress certifying the votes, knowing that we were going to see people like Ted Cruz stand up and make a make an ass of himself mm. in public, and then. Of course, we cut away to to the events of the crowd, which Trump had clearly stirred up, descending uh, on the Capitol. From what was it like? I mean, I presume that you, same as me, watched all this unfold in real time. Tell me your experience of it. Jennifer and I were uh, related because we were, you know, we I've stumped a lot for Ossoff and Warnock. We did, believe it or not, a Who's Line event with all the Who's Line guys that raised a couple hundred thousand dollars for them before the November election. So I've been in contact with their campaign and uh, tried to pump them up as much as possible because this was our last ditch effort to get the Senate back. So on the night, the the results were just amazing. They called, uh, they called Warner uh, Warnock, uh, Reverend Warnock early, which I didn't think they're going to do. I thought they're going to drag this out like the presidential election. And then Ossoff declared that he won before the night was over. And they declared him like in the middle of the night during the, shit show yesterday he was officially declared the winner so there we yeah. were we got up in the morning we were fist bumping we were happy we we're having coffee like we took back the senate so now we'll have the deciding vote in the senate will be vice president harris uh we have the majority in the congress and we have a president so let's get to work right we can all these things we can do right immediately to undo the damage and then of course there's giuliani uh, given a speech that we need to have violence to Don Jr. Then four, Orange 45 gets up. And within an hour of the, what? how long had the count gone on? They'd had like three or four people speak before yeah. the shit hit the fan. And so watching them break into the Capitol, watching the cops fold on them, uh, watching them start to vandalize, seeing the Congress run out of the room, seeing arms drawn in that chamber, tear gas flung everywhere. I, uh, the day that he used the, the flashbangs and held the Bible upside down and used the military to clear that peaceful protest in the summer. Yeah. I went into the garage to my shrine. You know, I have a Corona shrine and I got down on my knees and I bawled for half an hour. And then I came back in here and pulled it together. Yesterday, I felt the same way. I just felt like it can't get any lower than this. This is absolute. As Caesar said, when the first conspirator stabbed him, this is violence. And, uh, the people that uh, uh, attacked the place were are all well-known uh, right-wing, you know, Nazi Fascists. types. Yeah, they're known. Yeah. They're known Fascists. on Facebook. They're known on the internet. They're known on QAnon. They're known uh, to the FBI. So the it biggest- is worth it is worth saying that several of them are wearing T-shirts. Camp Auschwitz, uh, six million was not enough. Yep. Um, I mean, the, so when when people say you you mustn't throw around terms like fascists, we're not throwing them around. They're fascists. Thank you. And I, th- I appreciate at the top of it, you said they were fascists because I really hate the dancing around 
Yesterday, they were calling them protesters on the news, and that finally stopped about halfway through it. And they started calling them insurrectionists and seditionists. And what they are is white supremacist fascist terrorists. They're not insurrect. They're not uh, uh, protesting anything. The world is going their way. They're white people who somehow, by the way, Mark, if you want to get into conspiracy, somehow had the money and the wherewithal to travel to Washington, D.C. during a pandemic and organize and go to his crap rally and then be shuttled over to the and then how fortunate for them. They knew which entrances to go to that were poorly guarded. Seeing the dude with the biking hat on and the furs, uh, the other guy sitting at Pelosi's desk. This is all red meat for uh, the right wing element in this country, the right wing terrorist element in this country, and plays exactly into what uh, Vladimir Putin would want. There can be no further uh, uh, exploration or explanation of Orange 45's behavior. He's absolutely a divisive foreign agent fomenting terrorism in his own country. Well, at the point that we're talking, Putin has already uh, taken the opportunity to say this, this, you know, this shows the weakness of Western democracy. And uh, so, I mean, obviously, as Pelosi has said just uh, just a few uh, hours ago when we're having this conversation, it's a gift to those people. I mean, mm-hmm. it is the, the, the phrase that you've used, you know, Putin's poodle. It's absolutely a gift. I have a, a very close friend, um, uh, Mike, who's in the Dodge Brothers with me, who's originally from Alabama and then his family were San Diego. And he said that watching the coverage unfold as it did, he said the thing that almost made him cry was seeing somebody carrying a Confederate flag in that building. He said, uh, you know, Everything else, it was the presence of the Confederate flag being waved uh, in that building. Tell us, you know, for for UK audiences, why is that such an appalling thing? It's the equivalent of the Nazi flag in America. The Confederate flag was um, initiated by a group of seditious states who uh, seceded from the Union in order to keep the, the enslavement of black people a reality as long as they possibly could. And it's been held up ever since then as part of their culture. And, oh, they were misunderstood. And it was a noble cause that went awry. It wasn't a noble cause. It was a cause that sought to enslave the population, some of which the states had more black people than white people. They were keeping the majority of people enslaved. That meant rape. That meant um, uh, chattel. It meant murder. It meant torture. Uh, It meant breaking up families. It's the most heinous thing that's ever happened in the history of the United States. And because of what happened and all these senators bringing up 1876 yesterday, uh, that election was the one that messed America up irrevocably. If it hadn't been thrown to Rutherford B. Hayes, if the commission hadn't ruled for the white supremacists, we would have had a proper reconstruction in this country, which meant black people were being elected to office, black people were being given land, black people were allowed to live their lives and vote and things like that, black men. Um, After Hayes took over, that was it. White people felt the need at any cost, anytime a black person had money, anytime a black neighborhood got uh, uh, funding, anytime a black man was elected to office, they would do exactly what they did yesterday, which is have a violent riot. In those days, lots of lynchings of black, innocent black people. Uh, So that's why the Confederate flag is so hateful. It means cross burning on the lawn. It means beating children and making them do your bidding. And um, it doesn't mean anything else. I don't like the recidivism of uh, saying that the South had Um, any nobility to its cause. They didn't. Um, They simply wanted slaves 
and let's be very clear about this. Um, uh, when the uh, w- when the attack happened, uh, Trump uh, issued a statement which has subsequently been taken down by Twitter. I think he's been banned from Facebook now until yeah. the inauguration actually happens. Who knows how long the Twitter ban may or may not last? In which he referred to the to the people who had descended on the Capitol. He said, "You know, you are you're special people, and we love you. These are people wearing six million were not enough T-shirts. These are people wearing Camp Auschwitz T-shirts. These are mm. people com- carrying Confederate flags." Uh, uh, in the Capitol building. These are, as we said before, fascists. And uh, this kind of harks back to Donald Trump, you know, good people on both sides. The last time we saw this kind of thing. Um, I watched a, a little bit of Trump's address to the crowd before the crowd went down to uh, mm-hmm. Capitol. And I was, I was actually astonished that he didn't simply get arrested there and then for sedition because he said, you know, okay, you made a joke. So, from your point of view, tell me, because I was literally sitting there going, why do, Why isn't he just being arrested? He is literally telling this crowd to, to do what they're about to do. Right. It's really complicated. I mean, it, it, he should have been, of course. Um, we found out over the last four years. Well, let's be honest. Let's go back like four or five presidencies. The president has almost unlimited power. After W, when W pulled all that unilateral shit and invading Iraq and the illegal war against Afghanistan and all of that. Uh, with no consensus, you know, like even HW put consensus together before the first crappy Iraq war and got a bunch of countries to agree that maybe this would be something we should do. Uh, The power has been almost unlimited. Even Obama had largely unchecked power. He just wasn't a Nazi and didn't abuse it. Um, So there's that. That, that's, That's why he wasn't arrested. So, yeah, what he did was highly illegal from the minute he did it. The other thing was, and let's be, you know, on December 6th, he tweeted, come out on January 6th. He was inviting all of his peeps to Washington. Yeah, it's going to be wild, he said. And wild. so he, he like, like the TV host that he is, he previewed it. He told us all it was going to happen. So it's a real failure on a lot of people's parts. Um, to watch the performative hand-wringing after by Pence and McConnell was, of course, excruciating. But at least they were acting yeah. like grown-ups for once in their life. Okay, uh, uh, just also before before the thing happened, we heard Giuliani using the phrase "trial by combat," yes. uh, which seems to me to be completely unambiguous. Trial by combat—that's what he said. Uh, again, it, is that not clearly seditious? I mean, obviously, I think since then people subsequently heard the phone call. That I mean, Giuliani is almost—I imagine—as a comedian, you must look at him and think it—you it, can't even do jokes about it because because no. nothing could be as ludicrous. Whilst this was all going on, having said we're going to have trial by combat, Giuliani rang what he believed to be the answer phone of a sympathetic uh, Republican senator saying, OK, well, what we got to do is you just got to stall, you got to stall, you got to stall, we got to do all this stuff, you got to stall, you got to stall. And he left an incriminating voicemail on the wrong person's answer yeah. phone. Well, he's incoherent. <laughs> he's, he's the one who met at the Four Seasons, uh, you know, lumberyard or whatever. He, he's yeah, just, between the between the between the morgue and the porno shop, he was a man who was recently completely. described by Charlie Brooker as so corrupt that his hair started crying. <laughs> he's, he's a, he he uh, he he expelled gas on camera. Uh, he he's had his face melt in front of us. He's a noted maniac. The idea that he still has a, a, a license to practice law is fairly. We're having to take a real hard look at the Bar Association in this country because uh, we've seen the lunatic fringe of lawyers, Lynn Wood, uh, Ms. Cole, 
Ms. Ellis and uh, Giuliani act like raving maniacs and waste all of our time in a very dangerous game of uh, the, the lawsuits aren't frivolous that they're bringing. The lawsuits are wholly, wholly without any merit whatsoever. And his um, inciting the crowd was really vile in a, in a thousand ways. But I've always detested him. I was in of course. Uh, uh, London on uh, 7-7 that year. I happened mm-hmm. to be there uh, and I was supposed to do a, a TV show the next day, which got canceled, of course. And then hilariously, and you'll love this because this is show business, Mark. Another producer called me and said, I heard you're not doing that show tonight. We're still taping our show tonight. Do you want to do it? And I was like, I'm, I'm good. But uh, <laughs> he, sadly, really, Giuliani was in London that day and he was on every bloody show all day long. And he kept saying it's like World War Two. And it was like, no, it's not. You, he he's just been a peddler of fabrication and hate his entire uh, career. And by the way, that he was America's mayor and all that. No, when yeah. 9-11 happened, he was wildly unpopular. The only thing that buoyed him was that he showed up on the day one day and, and bossed some people around. Then, as pointed yeah. out by many more commentators than I, he made sure he was safe and that everyone else was exposed to poison air for as long as humanly possible. Um, yeah, it was that whole rally was by the way, there, Jennifer just showed me on um, the automatic Twitter machine. There's video uh, from Don Jr. yesterday of all of them in a room watching the various monitors, watching the speeches go down and then the, the conflagration. Um, and Ivanka's there and there's music and Kimberly Guilford's there and she's dancing. Eric's there and they're, they're treating it like a viewing party. Yeah. And nobody wearing yeah. masks and nobody standing apart from each other inside, of course. Yeah. Because they, yeah, as yeah. someone once said, they breathe COVID like other people breathe oxygen. <laughs> I mean, Rudy Giuliani okay, so, is the biggest super spreader of any human that's ever lived. Yeah, I mean, Giuliani. I, I think uh, from the from the UK point of view, we we you see him on and you see him on television, and you just think, I actually don't. I don't understand what his role is because he doesn't look like a human person anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. breaking wind in front of the drunk lady yeah. was, you know, was again a, 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 a piece of comedy genius. But, it, you know, it's not situationist art. It's actually somebody undermining the Constitution when he was standing between the um, between the mortuary and the porno store, um, discovering for the first time that actually all the networks had now called the fact that yeah. uh, Trump had lost. And he, you know, and he. He, he was like a performance artist. It was like somebody doing an act of the most criminally evil person you could possibly imagine. Yep. And then the next thing is his head melted on television. I mean, you if you made that up, Greg, as a screenwriter or as it... People would go, oh yeah, you could just you know backpedal on that a little bit because that's overdoing it. That that character wouldn't exist in real life. Yeah, I mean, when this all started, a friend of mine asked me to write a little something, and I did. I may have told you this once before, and I just it was the very beginning of a short story, like a film noir set in Los Angeles during the COVID. And yeah. I wrote this was in like April. Um, once the COVID rallies started, meaning the super spreader rallies, uh, yeah. and, and that, what was the line? It was something like. The second wave hit like um, Vikings crossing the Danube or whatever. And it, I, then I predicted he would leave the country. But I wasn't wrong about the super spreader things. I thought I was being a maniac by saying that they were going to have events where everyone would get COVID. And they ended up having events where everyone got COVID all through the election till the very bitter end. And including uh, 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 Monday in uh, uh, Georgia, he went down there for another event with Kelly yeah. Leffler and uh Everybody didn't have masks on. And, you know, how many people will die from these? How many people will die from yesterday from COVID? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, you mentioned you mentioned Kelly Leffler, of course, after this had all happened, and uh, you know, whilst Giuliani was attempting to ring people up to tell them to uh, you know to, to delay, 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 delay. That's what we want to do. Um, when people were returned to finish the uh, the certification of the uh, of the presidential vote. Some people who had said that they were going to stand up and object, we all know that obviously the objections had no legal standing whatsoever. They were all, you know, false and uh, and inspired clearly by Trump. Um, Leffler was one of the people having lost uh, in the in the runoffs, who then actually said, "I I, I can't in good conscience go go forward with my objection." Um, seems late in the day, but you know, hey, it's like. Uh, it's like some Trump uh, loyalists saying, I I can't stand by him anymore. And you go, well, there's 13 days of his presidency left. So, so well done. Well done. The last 13 days. Good for you. Well done. So do you think that afterwards when uh, everyone returned that the tide had turned? Because looking at it from here, from the outside, it seemed to me that as we went in, when, when Ted Cruz stood up and said, I object, there was lavish applause from the mm. Republicans uh, in the, I mean, you know, really like about a minute of applause for him saying, I object. And then him doing that sanctimonious fuckhead speech about 39% of the population believe the election was rigged, to which the answer right. is, because you told them it was. Yeah. But afterwards, when they got back in the room, it seemed to me that everyone being basically in a bunker and I presume having to ring home to tell their kids, it's okay, we're all right, that seemed to focus the mind. And it seemed to be that the appetite afterwards was less. Was that a turning point? From from in America, was that a turning point? Yes, uh, yes, uh, conditionally, yes. Kelly Leffler uh, pulled the ripcord. Uh, Purdue pulled the ripcord. Uh, Lankford pulled the ripcord. Enofe pulled the ripcord. They were all going to be conspirators, right? They ended up with eight, I think. It started out with 13, so five yeah. five bailed. McConnell wasn't having it because McConnell's not insane. He wanted the judges. He wanted the tax cuts. He wanted to control the Senate. Now he can see the writing on the wall, and he just – let's just move on. We'll have a new president. You know, he's still in the Senate, blah. Uh, can, can I just say um, minority leader? McConnell. Yeah, yeah. I just love, I just love, the, I love the sound of it. You want, I love the way it rings. I love. I just. I. It, it's like savoring a fine wine, isn't it? Yes. Minority. Leader. It's it's yeah. delicious. Uh, yeah. Really I is. believe that he's been even counting Trump. I believe Mitch McConnell's been the most destructive politician in America uh, over the last twenty years. He's been yeah, absolutely a terrible racist and obstructionist. He's kept so many good things from happening. You can't imagine. And during the COVID, yeah. he's been absolutely awful. And. Do you know who Tim Meadows, the actor, is? He was on Saturday yeah. Night Live, and he's in, um, uh, you know, he does a lot of TV shows and movies. Uh, yeah. he, he's a friend of mine, and I, I worked with him on a sitcom last year, the year before. And um, he's very calm, you know, completely. His comedy is low-key. He's not like me. He's not obstreperous. He's not profane. He, Tim talks like this. He does his comedy like this. We were on the set a year ago, and he said, you know, I don't hate many people, Greg. But when Mitch McConnell dies, I am going to do a dance. <laughs> it was the way he threw it away. I was just like, that's putting it pretty plain. But he didn't say 45. He said McConnell. And there's a, you know, so to see the rug's going to be pulled out from under him. You're going to see 
all kinds of changes. Everything literally will get so much better in two weeks' time. Um, it's the holding on till then and hoping that he doesn't do something batshit crazier than he did yesterday. So what do you think? Because at the time that we're speaking, I've read that he's now gone to Camp David and the feeling is that he'll mm. he'll hole up in Camp David. Currently, his Twitter account, I believe, is suspended. His yes. Facebook account, I, I know, is. So it's basically, it's like cutting out his tongue because, uh, you know, shame on Twitter for not having... Uh, censured him earlier um, but uh, so he doesn't have any way of talking that if he, if he can't do it through social media um, however uh, at the time that we're talking I've just just before I spoke to I'm speaking to you now I saw uh, Nancy Pelosi get up and basically say now we it's uh, 25th amendment and if you don't we will move to impeach explain to the Brits what those two things mean Okay. The 25th Amendment is the provision in the Constitution that allows for, um, was written very vaguely, uh, as Jennifer uh, discussed. She has been studying it. I got up this morning and reread it. Um, it's a little airy-fairy. Um, I think they were thinking that one day uh, uh, a president might die or be com com incapacitated, in which case the vice president's supposed to move in. There's only three ways it can happen. One way is the the president himself informs the vice president that he can no longer hold on. So that's not going to happen. Another way is the vice president can go to um, the speaker of the house and the president pro tempore of the Senate, who in this case happens to be Chuck Grassley, which is just a, a, an official position in parliamentary. You know, it's not yeah. an elected thing. And then they have to all serve written notice to the cabinet. And then the officers of the cabinet have to vote. So that's one way it can go down. So, for okay. instance, if uh, eight or ten of the cabinet decide he's not worthy anymore, but mind you, we're talking about Mnuchin, Pompeo, Ross, DeVos. We're talking about a rogues gallery of, of criminals who are in no way going to put the beast back in the box here. Pence, you know, is in trouble with him because, to be honest, those seditionists yesterday were looking for Pence. They were thinking about hurting him because they now he's an enemy all of a sudden, even though he's been a complete lickspittle the whole time. Because he was yeah. advised by Mark Short, his advisor, to uphold the Constitution yesterday. He's like, yeah. they had a meeting and he said, you can't go in there and object. You, you know what I mean? Legally, you're in big trouble. You can't yeah. do it. So he didn't do yeah. it. He actually played ball. I mean, as, as, as was pointed out, he had as much legal power to reject the vote as Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway <laughs> did to make La La Land the best picture. They may get up and open the envelope and say it, but it still isn't true. No, it's so not true. It was still moonlight. And uh, the other way is uh, Nancy can reintroduce the articles of impeachment back into the House. The House can yeah. vote on it and then send it back to the Senate. And then the Senate has to have 67 senators sign off on it. So right now there's 48 uh, uh, Democrats, uh, two independents, and you know what I mean. So it'll yeah. never happen because... Eight senators yesterday, mind you, voted to object. Eight still stuck to that. And yeah, the yeah. majority of Republicans in the House also objected. So we're talking about a giant group of white supremacist, lawless neo-Nazis in our own Congress, which will seem familiar. Uh, you've got Tories. You've got all the Brexiters. <laughs> None of the Brexiters have been punished. None of them have even received the slightest slap on the wrist. Cambridge Analytica has just morphed into another thing. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg's not in jail, by the way, in any country. And he decided to shut down Trump's uh, Facebook yesterday, which was supposed to be some noble thing. We've had four years 
of him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, is, this is the whole thing. It's, like I said, people saying, I can't do it anymore. You go, there's 13 days of it left. Right. What do you mean you can't do it? Now, Greg, this is a hostage to fortune because by the time people are listening to this, it's going to be Monday or Tuesday of next yeah. week. So I, so I'm getting the impression from you that you're saying this isn't going to happen. The impeachment isn't going to happen. The, the 25th Amendment uh, isn't going to happen. I'd like to, I want to be optimistic because I'd like to think people will do the right thing. But uh, the track record of these Nazis isn't so hot. Um, I could see it getting to the Senate floor and losing by one or two votes. Um, I yeah. would dare say the only person I would put in the column who already proved it in January is Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney would vote to impeach again because he's yeah. independently yeah. wealthy. He's a capitalist banker. He's from a state where he's almost sure to be reelected. And he does, you know what I mean? He doesn't have to worry about the same nutbags that the rest of them literally are frightened to death of offending. Because you yeah. saw what happened yesterday. They realized that this is a, they've already set fire to the powder keg and there's no way, I'm mi mixing three metaphors here. They set fire to the powder <laughs> keg and there's no way to put the genie back in the bottle. <laughs> there's two members of Congress, um, one from Colorado, Babert, and one from uh, uh, Georgia, uh, Tyler Green, Taylor Green, who uh, are QAnon members. QAnon is a group that believes the Democrats are vampire, satanic pedophiles who want to kill children and drink their blood. Yeah. There's two members of the Republican contingent in Congress. That is their belief system. Yeah. So, and also Donald Trump, Donald Trump has said they're basically decent people. They, 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 they're against child abuse, therefore that's good. What that means is they're a bunch of uh, right-wing Nazi nutbags, but they're useful to me, so I will stand by them. Because as he has demonstrated time and time again throughout this, as I kept saying, you know, if only there'd been some, some, you know, some prior warning that he might do something like this, like the whole of his life. Yeah. I mean, the fact that the last time we spoke, the thing that he was engaged in was attempting to execute as many people as possible before he wasn't president anymore uh, the fact that one of the things that first you know rose to uh, to prominence you know international notoriety was him taking out an adverts in american newspapers to attempt to execute uh i mean it it's like he has a fetish for execution it's something that he's always wanted to do and now that he's got a limited time so i mean it is it is like how many people can i kill before i have to leave the building i mean it is that level of depravity isn't yep, it very much so well look at it we're going to be up to 400,000 dead 3900 people and more died of covid yesterday uh i live in uh hollywood and we're the epicenter of it i mean literally it, it, basically we're being told by our mayor that act like everyone has it just mm -hmm. don't don't you know, and all this is going on without backdrop. And he will kill everyone he can. Um, he was a known abuser of women. It's known that yeah. when he, oh, yes, looked, yeah. he yeah he threw rocks at uh, babies next door. His father was a yeah. screaming racist. Greg, after the after the last podcast, somebody said to me, Greg Proop said this weird thing about throwing rocks at babies. I mean, no, it's true. Greg, tell us yeah. tell us the story because it, this is demonstrably true. What's the Trump throwing rocks at babies story? When he was growing up and he was a child, like six, seven, you know, there was a baby next door and he was caught throwing rocks at it and he had to be stopped from yep. doing it. As a small infant baby that couldn't defend itself, rocks, which of yep. course could kill it or maim it. Yep. Um, that's a known story about him. It's yes. also known that it's, his it's, father, not a it's not a contested story. It's a true no, story. No, biographers have put it in. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you wouldn't be able to keep saying it over and over, uh, uh, you know. Uh, e. Jean Carroll has an active uh, case against him yeah. about her sexual assault 
at Barney's uh, some time ago. She still has the dress, which has his DNA on it. Yes. Um, uh, the, the Central Park Five, as you brought up, long after they were uh, exonerated, and literally they were exonerated. Not yes. only were they not, they were unjustly pressed into and arrested. They were imprisoned and had to go through the whole painful process of they didn't do it. They were innocent from Jump Street. And he took out full page ads in The New York Times demanding they be executed. By the way, these executions that have been taking place the last week have all been against women, people of color. And they were done in the dead of night with private executioners. How do you like those apples? And they were talking about bringing back firing squad for one of them. He has a fetish with death and he wants to kill as many Americans as he can. Why? Because one, he's a cruel, horrible, sadistic, warped individual. And two, uh, is what his masters want. So now it's shit hitting the fan time because in two weeks time, he will be a private citizen again. If he's impeached again, he won't be able to run for office, any kind of office again. Mm -hmm. Um, He's already been impeached once. Uh, He owes the Deutsche Bank a gajillion dollars. He's in trouble with China. Um, the, the state of New York has a thousand lawsuits that they're ready to drop on. His These head. are financial lawsuits. Yeah. And, and then, of course, there's the sexual assault ones, which are still alive and aren't out of court yet. And his buddy, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, uh, that famous Brit, uh, is still in the pokey and her trial is still coming out. And she will most certainly squeal if she has to, I yeah. believe, in order yeah. to save herself. She's been begging to be let out. And he's the she's the one person he hasn't pardoned or let out. You noticed even though the Epstein thing was very sticky for him. Uh, so he's in a world of trouble in two weeks, and he knows this. Uh, people are talking about Kushner splitting and moving to another country. Uh, there's all kinds of wild theories going on now. I can't tell you what's going to happen because I couldn't have told you that any of this was going to happen. Yeah. I would have thought America and Britain would have manhandled um, a plague like we have in the past. America and Britain didn't die of H1N1. America and Britain didn't die of SARS. But this is killing us. Uh, our leaders are incompetent and everything's been rolled out in a terrible manner. And it's a it's a function of greed, you know, and and incompetence and disregard for human life that uh, so many people have. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. One of the things that I found very distressing in the last 48 hours is just um, 
looking at all the pictures of British politicians standing by Trump with their tongue up his ass and thumbs up, you know, Michael Gove and obviously yep. Nigel Farage and, uh, you know, a whole rogues gallery of uh, people who are doing very well uh, in the UK now. Um, yep. uh, B- Boris Johnson praising him. I mean, I there's, here's the weird thing. I, I, I had the, I mean, you'll know this because we've talked about it before. I've had this thing for about four years, which is it is your moral duty to be outraged every single day that that vile monster is in office. And if you're not outraged, then it's to do, it's like Macbeth, it's the dumbing of the moral sense, you know, the numbing of the moral sense, mm. and, uh, and and it's the normalisation of it. And that is how you get Nazis, because pe- you, things just become normal. And I, I have believed for four years that every single day you must be angry about, or outraged or shocked by Trump's presence. The most remarkable thing about the past few days, as I said, we're having this conversation on Thursday, so I don't know what's happened in the in the couple of days between then and people listening to that. The most remarkable thing about the past 48 hours, quite apart from the fact that we all sat in front of the television looking at what was happening, going, I can't believe this is happening, is firstly, well, I kind of can believe it's happening because he told us it was going to happen. How many times you know, did he say it? But also suddenly seeing people going, oh, God, he is terrible, isn't he? And it's like, for those listening, they can't see what you just did with your head. But it's like, yeah. And I know know, people say, Mark, for God's sake, stop going on about Trump. People, you know, why don't you why don't you tweet stuff about your own government? Because, you know, there are Tories and Labour and there are, you know, but there is a stench around Trump, which is in a whole different magnitude. You know, my political affiliations are my political affiliations. I'm a middle-class, um, uh, bleeding-heart liberal lefty who, you know, in the past was a, you know, student activist, hard lefty. I have no shame about that. I've learned a lot of interesting things, but I'm now right down the middle, bleeding-heart, middle-class, liberal left. That is what I am. Trump is different. Trump is a stain on democracy. And and uh, and it's, it's just, it's just, it's one of the reasons I love talking to you. You are one of the few people that I can talk to who shares that sense of outrage every day. And I no. it's been exhausting, no. Greg. I couldn't agree with you more, Mark. And I we get up exhausted. Jennifer and I the last few days, it's just been we feel like we've been kicked around the room. And I, I absolutely agree with you. Either you is or you ain't. Um, with W there was a lot of comics who were like, Oh, well, you know, he's bad, but and of course I thought he was the worst president of all time, which he was. Now this guy's way worse, uh, because he's a Nazi and an open racist and openly calls for the destruction of American democracy. I've been outraged every day. I made an album in August that I've never put out. I made an album two years ago where I categorically go through everything with every Republican. I said, why would I want to listen to anything you say while there are babies dying in cages? Why would I want to entertain any notion that you had of politics or or your opinion even? I I don't. I've shut down. My goal in the rest of my life uh, is the stick-by-stick destruction of the Republican Party, and you're watching them do it to each other in real time. That whole thing that happened yesterday with the QAnon people and the objectors and all that, when Pence becomes the object, it's the enemy. Pence is the most brazen, lickspittle, lapdog, (laughs) spineless invertebrate that ever lived, and they were going to hang him? So, you know, (laughs) everything's split. I believe the future of their party is what will happen in the 1850s or often happens, you know, when parties reconfigure, yeah. uh, uh, they've, they've lost, uh, 
you know, a, a good deal of them. They're crazy, Nazi, insane people. Yeah. And they embraced them by wanting to grab power. And now they realize that that's not, that's not really like a viable way forward forever and ever, maybe for a few more years. Also, by the way, uh, and this will interest you, the Justice Department that um, Biden unveiled today, and you can have a look at it after this, uh, Merrick Garland, for instance, is a familiar name. He was nominated mm-hmm. for the Supreme Court by Obama. And the Justice Deputy Deputy of the Justice Department that he named today, who will most certainly be approved because Kamala will cast the deciding vote, yeah, yeah. Um, are both um, experts in domestic terrorism. And so our Justice Department is going to realign real big. And I think you're going to see a lot more probity and uh, a, a lot more looking into what's going on with domestic terrorism in the United States, which is an enormous, as you heard the FBI director said last year, the yeah, biggest yeah. problem in the United yeah. States is domestic terrorism. Yeah. So we've always been that way where there's always been a lot of rednecks running around with guns, demanding this and that. And basically uh, to boil it down, a black man was president for eight years and a woman wanted to be president. And then a black woman got elected vice president and they can't have any of that. That's what they're mad about. There's not a lot of other things they're mad about. That's what they're mad about. So I was just to kind of bring this vaguely to a close. I was listening the other day in the car to uh, Bill Hicks uh, album. And, uh, and, and, and he, he does the, I mean, you'll know all the routines off by heart as you know, as do I, but he's doing the routine of the guy talking to God about Reagan. He goes, please, God, reach down from heaven and pinch my butt. He can't be president, can he? This bit. And he does this whole thing about this astonishment that Reagan is president. And I was listening to it thinking, it's like a golden age of civilization, the Reagan era. I mean, you know, I grew up. This is a true story, Greg, and I tell this all the time. It's true. When I was a kid... Uh, I was sitting in the front room and Nixon was on the television and my father, who is not a man given to great outpourings or anything. I don't know what inspired this, but he he pointed at the television. I was very interested in like, you know, devils and ghosts and everything. And he said, he pointed at the television. He said, you see that? And I said, yeah. And he went, that's the devil. And I had this thing. I mean, I literally thought that Nixon was the devil. My dad doesn't even remember saying it now. I mean, he, he has no memory of it. But as a child, you know, this was leading up to Watergate. He this and I was driven by this thing about Nixon, and and but I now look back. I I look back on the, some of those presidents as golden ages of democracy in comparison to what happened. And I now look forward to Biden and Kamala Harris and think, you know. The Camelot that we lost, maybe this is, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of mythology around all this stuff, but Jesus wept. The last yeah. four years, Greg, have just really reset the dial, haven't they? I would say so. Uh, you've seen a, a Nazi takeover. I mean, he's as bad as uh, Duarte or Orban or, or, or Bolsonaro. I mean, you name your dictator. He's a, he, if he could do what they do, if he could jail every journalist, if he could have his enemies executed, he, he would do basically it. COVID was a way to do that because it's attacking Latin and black people so disproportionately. So he's kind of getting the genocide that he wanted. Yeah, it's way past that. I would remind you that uh, no Republican in my lifetime, I was born in 1959 when Eisenhower was president. Eisenhower never censured Joe McCarthy and never spoke out against him in public. 
ever, not once, not once, not ever. All those people's lives ruined. And Ike was a good old guy who did warn us against the military industrial complex, which he was quite right about. Um, Nixon, of course, you know what he did. Uh, Ford, disaster. Um, Reagan was a screaming racist who let a whole generation of people die from AIDS because he just didn't give a shit. And the illegality of Contragate is arguably worse than anything Nixon did. Conspiring to bring in drugs and overthrow governments. (laughs) That's skullduggery that H.W. pardoned everyone for. So none of them have ever been good. Um, But yes, they at least put on the veneer of civilized people when they lost, they acquiesced. They took their loss. When they won, they you know, there was also that veneer of uh, civility. Uh, that's gone. Um, when you have someone who openly calls people names, when he points at black women reporters and goes, you're stupid. You always say stupid things. We've sunk to a level that's just beyond, beyond. You saw Josh Hawley yesterday come out and go like this to the crowd of white supremacists, throw his fist in the air. I mean, that's a sitting senator from Missouri. And Missouri, two years ago, um, was said by uh, not the World Health Organization, but uh, uh, was it uh, the U.N. that the black citizens of Missouri were in danger. It was like a foreign country within our own country that literally they were their lives were kind of always on the line because of the way the police operate in Missouri. And that's the state that he's from. He won by a very small margin over Claire McCaskill four years ago. And uh, it was white guys who pushed him over the edge. And then this is what you get. You get this seditious. By the way, he wants to be president. So <laughs> well, you the know, beat goes on. Yeah. Well, look, to to end this on a on a positive note, let's uh, you know, whatever has happened from between Thursday and now, if people are listening now and, you know, Trump's head has turned to cheese or, or he's been impeached or whatever, whatever has happened. The one thing we do know is on the 20th, Biden and Harris are in and the world will be different. So whatever has happened in these four days that we've missed out on because we're having this conversation on Thursday, the one certainty is from the 20th onwards, we will be in a new world, won't we? No question. Uh, you'll see this rejoin the Paris Accords within the first week. You'll see us. Uh, uh, he'll uh, undo all of the executive orders that uh, 45 did. He'll um, uh, he'll call Johnson. He'll call Macron. He'll call uh, Merkel. You know what I mean? That we're going to you'll see him spring into action uh, as far as getting all of our allies back together on the team. Um, all of a sudden, we can do things like deal with global warming and things like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, all the important issues. Uh, you'll see the covid relief package go through. And I think a, a really short time because we'll have the Senate to do it and everything. Um also, now that he has the majority, the swing vote, I think he's going to get all of his uh, nominees through. I don't think there'll be any, you know, they kept saying, oh, my God, if McConnell wins, they'll, they'll, we'll never be able to do anything. And it's like, I don't think that's reality anymore. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that, Mark. I really, really am. And it's what's keeping me going. That mm-hmm. and the idea of getting a vaccination and, and whenever it happens in the next few months. And hopefully by the autumn of this year, summer of this year, we see a little bit of more hope that we're going to be able to go out and eat and uh, resume our jobs and go to movie theaters, things like that. Uh, things that we used to do that were fun, hug people, share a joint, the things that we're forbidden to do now. Uh, so I'm, 
That's what I keep inside my heart. Well, one of those know, things uh, we're still forbidden to do here, Greg. Just, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I live in California. We're we're not only forbidden. We're we're not forbidden. We're encouraged. <laughs> I get e- I get emails from dispensaries saying there's a sale on Monday on edibles. <laughs> it's fantastic. I tell you, I mean, I remember when, you know, when the whole when the COVID pandemic thing began. And it was said quite early, and you know, by the time this is finished, everyone is going to know somebody that they lost, and that has happened. And I'm sure it's happened to you, and it's happened to mm-hmm. everybody. And it has been, you know, it has been a, 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 the most unbelievably difficult time. And uh, again, I think it was really significant that um, that Trump said that he felt the pain of the Nazis who marched on the Capitol, but he's never once said that he felt the pain of the families who lost people through COVID because he just spent years, you know, months just denying it and, uh, you know, pretending that it wasn't real because he did, because he it didn't suit his political agenda. Greg, it's been lovely talking to you. I don't know what state the country, your country is going to be in by the time this goes out, but I hope it's one that is, in a in a more peaceful place i send all my love and good wishes to you and yours and i wish you all the best through everything that's going on and i just look forward to all of this being behind us so we can just talk movie shit again right me too and i'm so so looking forward to dropping all of my 45 jokes from my act the 15 minute 20 minute hour long diatribes against him I'm so looking forward to dispensing with those. And then we will just talk movie shit one day. Thanks again for having me on, Mark. I really appreciate it. Be safe out there. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you've uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please remember to subscribe. If you haven't and you think, oh, I don't like all this going on about Trump and everything, then fuck off and get another podcast. There are plenty <laughs> of others out there. Um, there's a Patreon page which you can visit. Uh, you can also hear more from Greg. Greg, where can people find your stuff? Uh, gregproops.com I have a comedy show tomorrow night at nowherecomedyclub.com or you can go to Greg Proops to find the link there it starts at 5 o'clock my time which is what your time uh, you're like 8 hours behind us right so 6, 7, <laughs> Do eight, the maths 9, 10, 11, 12 <laughs> starts at 1 in the morning I actually counted on my fingers it starts at one in the morning your time, but I do have a few English people who stay up or take a nap and then get up and watch it. I can imagine. Uh, I can imagine. And why wouldn't uh, you? So I'm yeah, I'm doing stand up tomorrow night. So uh, and I have another show, a podcast on the twenty first. So at the same time, five o'clock, and then a show in February with a friend of mine named Ben Glee. We're going to improvise, and we'll probably do another Who's Line show sooner or later. We did one in okay. December, but organizing those guys is like herding fucking cats. <laughs> Greg, a joy as always. Love to you and yours. Stay well. You too. Fight the good fight. Take care. Bye. Cheers. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.